Hello everybody, welcome to the follower podcast and we are in our Rough Cuts series and today as we continue our journey through the Lord's Prayer, today we are looking at the idea of give us today our daily bread. Now uh, this is a pretty loaded thought actually, it seems really really simple on the surface uh, but as with most things in the scriptures as you dig a little deeper uh, there's a whole lot of truth underneath this idea. So at its most superficial level, <clears throat> the the beauty of this prayer is that it's inviting the Lord to be the provider of our daily needs. So that's just, um, on on even at step one, I feel like that's a really encouraging prayer to be able to pray. So, you know, when we talk about this God that we worship, when we talk about how powerful and majestic and incredible this God is, he is all of those things. Our God is beyond uh, even our, our, our greatest imaginations of that God, right? Um, but I think the most beautiful thing about that God, or at least one of the most beautiful things, or at least something that magnifies the beauty of that God, is not only his immensity, but his intimacy. I love that I can talk to God about my daily bread. The very simple, think about how unglamorous bread is. <laughs> or at least maybe you're an artisanal bread baker here and you've got into your sourdough and you've got all the things. In which case I take that back. But there's something very, um, there's something very organic about bread. There's something very uh, of the dust about bread. It's, it's part of our normal everyday. Bread is not caviar. You know what I mean? Bread is not Moet Chandon champagne. Bread is, is our basic sustenance, and I love that I can come and talk to God about the real needs in the very basic things of my life. I love that. I love that I have a God who's willing to sit down and talk to me about simple, simple things. I think about a parent and their child, and I think about the things that are really big to a child. Um, you know, I, I was just having dinner with some friends last night and they have three little ones and it's just fascinating to see the things that are major issues in the life of a, of a little one. So, you know, before they go to bed, uh, they've got to brush their teeth, but they've got a little ritual in their home before they brush their teeth, they've got to have their milk. And so we go to the kitchen, get a few little cups out and we've got to pour milk in the cups for the, for the, for the kids. And then they're going to drink their milk and go to bed, right? And so last night there was a little meltdown because the one boy didn't want to share a cup with his brother. So he wanted his milk, but he wanted his milk in his own cup. And because he couldn't have that, he just like, he just lost it, you know. Now from, from the perspective of an adult, you're going, this is not a big deal. Uh, it doesn't matter if this is your brother's cup or your cup. It's just a cup, have some milk, go to bed. But for that little boy... It's a really big deal for him, this cup issue. Rightly or wrongly, it just is. And I love that as a good parent, you can enter into that and have a conversation about why this is so distressing for this little boy and his cup. Uh, and as an adult, you are standing from a perspective where you are thinking about much uh, more complicated issues, right? You're thinking about paying the rent or uh, or you're, you're thinking about work or raising the family. You're thinking about your own faith. We're thinking about global issues. We're thinking about the complexities of our world at the moment. You're thinking about relational dynamics. There's a lot of complicated stuff going on in your own world that that little person has little to no knowledge of. And there's something that is really loving about your ability as a parent 
to enter into their distress about the cup in the smallness of the things that they're dealing with. There's something that really exhibits and demonstrates love in that space. And I think amplify that analogy infinitely with with our God, right? God is, in the mind of God, (laughs) there are things of such complexity going on that make our daily struggles, um, by comparison, so, uh, so unimportant, you know? And yet, God, in His goodness, in His kindness, in His grace, in His mercy toward us, enters into the very small things of our daily life. And I think that just speaks in immensely of, of the love that is our God. I love that I can talk to God about my daily bread. And so I would just encourage you, you know, sometimes when we pray, we feel like we have to come up with all this deep, frilly theological language. And I think there's some, there's a beautiful kind of intimacy that's built when you share with God the realities of your everyday life. Uh, I think our connection with with God um, deepens and expands. And I think there's a kind of, yeah, there's a new intimacy that develops when I'm able to talk to him about the things that make up my daily bread uh, and ask him for those things. Uh, now, if we, excuse if I'm sounding all blocked up, by the way, I had an allergic reaction day today to basically the whole world. So, <laughs> sorry if it sounds a bit sinusy on the rough cuts today. Um, so that's your first thought. How wonderful that we can speak to God about our daily bread. But now if we dig just a little bit deeper under the surface there, there's actually more going on in this prayer because the picture of bread is very important in the scriptures. Um, I want you to think back to the story of Israel uh, as they are out in the wilderness and they have now, they've been rescued out of Egypt. They are now cruising through the wilderness and God starts to provide for Israel in the wilderness. And he does this by quail, but he also does this by manna. Uh, and this manna is um, a daily kind of, of bread that settles. Uh, we don't know exactly what it was, but it settles almost like dew in the mornings. And every morning, uh, Israel would wake up, they'd go outside their tents, and they would find the supernatural provision daily from the Lord. And part of the instruction while they were in the wilderness was that they should gather enough for each day, um, and then on the Sabbath they shouldn't uh, they shouldn't uh, gather they shouldn't hoard their bread right they should just trust that there would be enough to last so they could gather double uh, just before the Sabbath and then they would have that for the Sabbath but they shouldn't hoard their bread they should just trust God each day for their bread and so then there's the story of how um, they didn't trust God initially so they would hoard. The manna, they would gather more than they need on that day. And the next day, whatever they had gathered would have gone rotten. And so there's this picture then that starts to develop around um, a posture of dependence and trust as, a posture, as opposed to a posture of independence and lack of trust. And we see this picture um, being echoed out in the very first meal of the scriptures, which is found in Genesis where there's these there's this tree of fruit this something that you eat right there's a meal and there's this question of trust at the heart of broken relationship between human being and the creator and so there's this tree of life that you that you can eat from or there is this tree of the knowledge of good and evil 
which leads you toward independence or autonomy. Um, and so there's this temptation to eat from that in order to be like God. So right at the heart of the breakdown of relationship between God and Creator, or between people and the Creator, and then people ultimately and one another and themselves, is this question of trust independence. And so we see this echoed then throughout the Scriptures. Now what's really fascinating is Jesus comes, and in the Scriptures He refers to Himself as the bread of life. And He says very clearly, just as Israel uh, had manna in the wilderness, so I am the bread of life. Okay, And if you, if you come to me, you'll be satisfied. Uh, if you drink from me, you'll be satisfied. I will fill you up. You'll, you'll eat your full. You'll, you'll, um, you'll never thirst again in me. So there's this picture now. There's this invitation playing off uh, this, this, um, uh, this, this picture that's being developed throughout the whole of the Bible around um, dependence on God, Versus independence and lack of trust. And we see this, I think, in a powerful way demonstrated when Jesus is being tempted in the wilderness. And one of the temptations is that he should use his power to turn the stones into bread. So what's the temptation there? Trust in your own ability. Trust in what you can do. Trust in your ability to take control of your life and make your life what you want it to be. And Jesus says... No, man doesn't live by bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And then he, of course, is the word of God. So there's a whole beautiful connection there, right? And then he refers to himself as the bread of life. And then this is echoed out in our practice of communion or the Eucharist or the Lord's Supper, where Jesus takes the bread and he says, this bread, this Passover meal, this bread is my body. And when you break it, you do this in remembrance of me. And so there's this invitation from Jesus. And then we see right at the end, uh, there's uh, the trees of life that are in, uh, in, in the, the city garden that is to come, right? So there's this echo of these trees that stand at the, at the heart of, of the whole story. And there's this trust again. And, and how does everything get broken? Uh, how does the, the pain of our own independence get broken? Because Jesus himself dies on a tree. Um, and so there's a picture of a meal, um, bread imagery, but and meal imagery and tree imagery. It's all wrapped up, um, and all of it's speaking to the heart of the issue, which is dependence versus independence. And Jesus then models that when he goes into the wilderness, because he's baptized with his identity. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And then that identity is tested in the wilderness. He overcomes where others have failed. And then he's launched into his ministry to be the firstborn among many brothers, right? The, the prototype or the archetype into which humanity lives. So that's how Jesus then rehumans the world. And right in the core, one of the key temptations is this temptation to turn stones into bread. So what does all that mean for you and I? When we pray, give us this day our daily bread, we're praying into the heart of the issue of our heart, which is a heart of dependence versus independence. We're reminding ourselves that, that life is found not in our own uh, self-defining, independent willpower and strength, our ability to turn stones into bread, if you will. But life in God is found when we trust in God for our daily bread. And we don't hoard like Israel in the wilderness you know, and we don't hoard for ourselves. Instead, we trust the constant provision of God. And when we're in that place of dependence on God and trust in God, uh, that is when we flourish as human beings. That's 
that's a tree of life, so to speak. And then finally, I just would want to really highlight the fact that we're praying not for my daily bread, for, but for our daily bread. And, and really, this hour is echoed throughout the whole Lord's Prayer. But I think it's so important here, particularly, that I'm, that I'm not praying for, for mine, but for our. Because when we pray for our daily bread, uh, this combats uh, the deception of competition. Um, there is the subtle lie that moves in the hearts of people, which is that there is not enough. That my flourishing and thriving has to uh, be at the expense of your flourishing and thriving. That there's not enough. And so then we enter into it, this competitive marketplace thinking where my job is to gather as many of the resources as I possibly can uh, into my storehouse at the cost of yours. And 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 anybody else doing well effectively challenges or threatens me doing well um, because we have the scarcity mentality in our minds, number one. Number two, we really do believe that our daily bread is disconnected, <laughs> that my daily bread has nothing to do with your daily bread. And this is the lie of individualism, right? That, that somehow my life can flourish when your life uh, is strangled out on the margins. And, and in South Africa, particularly, we're known as the most unequal country in the world. We have huge wealth and huge poverty. This is in part because we haven't understood the prayer that it's our daily bread. Everyone's praying my daily bread and not our daily bread, not knowing that my life is hidden in, in your life and your life in my life and our life together. Um, so there's a big part there. And, you know, there's been a lot going on in the news at the moment with, with Israel, Gaza, Palestine. I don't want to get too much into that because uh, I'm just processing it all for myself, to be honest. Um, but here's what I would say. When I pray for that situation, I just ask the question, how would it look if we were praying, give us today our daily bread over that situation? Um, if, we, if we understood the tensions of our world, Russia, Ukraine, um, and, you know, those are just to name a few. There's, there's wars and rumors of wars all over the world. If we looked at the, at the polarized uh, narratives of politics that are kind of drenching the Western world and in, uh, in the USA, in Europe so much of the time, if we, if we prayed our daily bread instead of my daily bread, and if our daily bread really meant our, not just me and my tribe that think like I think, like if daily bread extended over the wall... <laughs> You, you know, um, and, and I know that there'll be pushback to that in some of you, but I would just say, for me, I'm a follower of Jesus, right? And so Jesus is my ultimate lens for understanding all of Scripture and all of life. And when I pray, for example, for the, for the, the Israel-Palestine conflict, and I pray through the lens of Jesus walking through the streets of, of Israel and through the streets of Gaza, man, I... I I don't know what kind of Jesus you would have to believe in who celebrates uh, such violence in any kind of way. Uh, no matter what your, your theological perspective or paradigm is, I just, the only Jesus, the only way I can see Jesus responding in that is, is a weeping and a brokenness for all of it. Um, I think that's because Jesus understands our daily bread. I think that's because Jesus understands that human flourishing is intricately connected that God has made us uh, for community to be, to be together. That as Desmond Tutu says, my humanity is tied up in your humanity because we can only be human 
together. And so when I pray, give us today our daily bread, I'm praying, I'm praying, God, give daily bread to the people on the other side of the wall. <laughs> God, God, help them and bless them. I'm not celebrating um, vengeance or revenge. I'm not celebrating that. As tragic as they might be, that might be as... Um, as uh, whatever that looks like in the realities of a complex political system, man, I'm broken in my heart about these things. I'm not cheering that on as if God is somehow pleased with any of this, you know. Um, no, 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 no. My heart is broken because I'm praying, because I understand that my daily bread and your daily bread, the daily bread of the people who look and think and act like me and the daily bread of the people who don't, are linked. The story of South Africa is a story of not understanding this, that somehow white people could have their daily bread while people of color had no daily bread and, they, and the hour was forgotten or redacted or, or, or so changed that hour just meant white. <laughs> you see, and that has been the story throughout history. Um, and so, yes, you know, someone attacks or whatever the situation is, but but violence begets violence. Wars create wars. And so then we have to ask ourselves, what do we really believe about this man, Jesus of Nazareth, who when he was attacked by um, religious fanatics, gave his life on a cross? I think it's because he understood our daily bread, uh, at least in part. I think that's, that's part of the, the issue. And so uh, those are a few things to think about as you pray uh, and have been praying this last week about our daily bread. Man, how wonderful that we have a God who is interested in the very fine details of our life. Even those things that from an eternal perspective seem um, inconsequential. No, no, no. God cares. He's interested. And you can bring your stuff before the Lord. I would say speak to God about everything. <laughs> from what you perceive to be small to what you perceive to be big. Invite him into all of it. That's a beautiful part of our, of our intimacy with our Creator. Number two... Um, understand the lie and the deception of independence versus dependence. It's written into the whole story of the Bible. And just as Israel trusted God for their manna in the wilderness and were tempted to hoard, but then that hoarding rotted the next day every time. Um, so we are tempted to do the same. We're tempted to store up for ourselves riches uh, in bonds where moth and rust destroy. And Jesus says, no, 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 trust me that I'll provide for you your daily bread. And then think about the, the collective narrative here, that, that our, my daily bread and your daily bread is wrapped up in our daily bread, uh, that it's unsustainable and, and really against the, the picture that God has in his heart of humanity, that some would flourish with excess while others suffer with not enough. Um, yeah. Think about that. Think about how when I pray our daily bread, give us today our daily bread. And I really mean that. And I enter into what Jesus talks about where he says, pray for those who persecute you. Pray for them and bless them. Pray for your enemies. Jesus ratchets that, ratchets that up, you know. All of this is entering into this idea of our daily bread that, that somehow, um, yeah, my goodness, the fullness of my life is wrapped up in yours. And that we can, when we, when we don't have this competitive scarcity mentality, which is really what feels hate so much of the time, right, is fear. And fear is based on this idea that somehow I, I, there's not going to be enough. 
or things aren't going to work out or whatever that looks like. And so I enter into dependence and trust and then understand that our lives are connected. Man, I think that changes so much of the way I live in the world. And and then you might say, well, Matt, how do we do that? How do we really pray our daily bread? How do we pray that God would bless those on the other side of the wall with, with their needs? Whatever your wall is, right? Um, well, that we'll talk about that next week when we talk about forgiveness. <laughs> I just love that the Lord's Prayer is such good theology too. So I hope that those are good and helpful thoughts for you, uh, praying for you and man, praying for our world at this time. Um, but also hopeful. Uh, remember that we're, we're a people of hope. We are a people of defiant hope um, because we do follow a rabbi who has overcome the world and uh, and death even those are the rough cuts for today guys just a few ramblings and rantings hope that's been helpful for you and we will chat to you next week